is the yearbook sportscast. It's October, you hump. And so we say goodbye to almost every Major League Baseball franchise. The allotted number of games that every team in the majors gets to play, even the Mariners, those games have all been exhausted. All those teams have been eliminated except for the few that are in the postseason. And so we say goodbye to the 2019 regular season, a regular season that began way back in February at the Texas Rangers training camp where two guys with the same rare last name, Brady Feigl. Is it Feigl or Feigl? We apologize if, in advance if we ruin your birthday, as we always do with pronunciations. We'll go with Brady Feigl, but that could very well be wrong. These two guys both are named Brady Feigl, spelled the same. They're both roughly the same height. They're both pitchers. They both wear glasses on the mound. They look a lot alike. One pitches for the Athletics, don't call them the A's. The other pitches for the Texas Rangers, well, they pitch for their minor league organizations. So it's incredible that there's two Brady Feigls pitching in the minors at the same time who basically look alike. So they decide in training camp finally to take a DNA test to see if they're related. And this DNA test, which is administered in best name for a place to take a DNA test, Surprise, Arizona. The DNA test that these two took is administered by, this is true, Inside Edition. Yes, the TV show to see if they're related. They are not. And then Brady Feigl, Texas Rangers edition, goes on to pitch for the Nashville Sounds uh, AAA team, clinching, I would think, the Nashville Sounds is 2019's most interesting team of the year. I don't think any other team this year could be as interesting in a positive way, as the Nashville Sounds, who had a lot going on, right down to they had a player. This player signed with the Texas Rangers, the parent club, obviously in the hopes of making the majors, but barring that, odds were he was going to go to the minors. So he signs as a free agent with the Texas Rangers in the hopes of being demoted to Nashville, which is where he lives. So before he pitches, he can see his kids in the morning. He can play Where he lives, that was his hope, and he was demoted to Nashville uh, where he lives. So that amazing regular season is gone, and now your baseball postseason bracket has just two Cinderella's left, but that's a little misleading. The Athletics, there have been studies. There was a live mascot. They wrote it across the front of the uniform so you wouldn't call them the A's and the Rays. Those two played each other, so one Cinderella was guaranteed to get to the the second round, the Division Series round, but one Cinderella was also guaranteed to not get to the second round, the Division Series round. So now what's left, the Twins go after their first world title since 1991, just about the last time baseball was truly wide open, and the Rays go after their first world title, period. Also, the Dodgers are playing, but that is unrelated. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com to complain or let us hear about it. Uh, there is no good reason, no, for you to listen uh, to this podcast. Uh, there's, no, we don't have the true crime stuff. Well, all right. I think most people, most people who could turn invisible would immediately go bad. I mean, if you could be invisible, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're either going to go someplace you're not supposed to be, or you're going to spy on somebody. Or try to figure out how to walk into a store or go into a house without people seeing a door swing wide open all by itself because you're just invisible. You still can't walk through walls and doors. So a lot of people, a lot of people say the superpower they want is invisibility. And what else are you going to do 
with being invisible. Did I say I'm Doug so you know who to blame for this? There's other people back there. Uh, there could be an NFL strike after next season in 2021 if there's an NFL strike. It seems like a good possibility because the, the labor piece that we've had came about because the owners got pretty much everything they wanted the last time around. Now the players who get a 47% share of league revenue, which is down from 51, want more money. We think rightfully so. But giving in to the players is not something the owners have shown any interest in. And if the owners did show any interest in giving in to the players or giving them a bigger share, the players would have to give something back. That's a negotiation. If you think of the players as the giving tree, the only thing of any value the players have to give is the stump, i.e. an 18-game regular season. That would be an additional two games. 18 games sure seemed cool in the old United States Football League, but that was a different time for a lot of different reasons. Now in an era where the league says the players' health is the top priority, when there's so much talk about how dangerously and unnecessarily long the preseason is, the owners want to subtract two or more preseason games and add two regular season games. So that's take away two preseason games where often the starters play not much or not at all, and add two regular season games where everyone will have to play because the playoffs are on the line. Presumably the longer and more dangerous injury-wise season will still include the already dangerous injury-wise Thursday night games, since the TV deals for Thursday night will still be running that. Although the, the Thursday night streaming contract, we could be wrong on this, but the Thursday night streaming contract, I think, ends after this season. Even just as a fan, when you're watching your team on Sunday and you've got a Thursday game upcoming, it really kind of hits you, doesn't it, how quick the turnaround is to playing again on Thursday? In a few weeks, at least some Chiefs fans are going to say, wow, we're up again in four days. Four days. So we better be ready. So the next uh, labor problem doesn't seem like an easy problem to solve, which means in 2021, we're going to get the same political cartoons we always get when a sports league goes on strike. It's some variation of the players and owners arguing and the fans left on the sideline. So online, on Facebook, or in some paper or newsletter, you're going to see a cartoon. It's going to have two lions. One labeled players and one labeled owners fighting in a cage while a guy labeled the fans stands outside the bars. Or it'll be two people in a bank, one labeled players, one labeled owners hitting each other with money dollar sign bags while some guy labeled the fans looks in through the bank window. Or it's going to be two refrigerators. It's always the same. Everyone already knows how this works and who gets left out during strikes. Hey, lazy cartoonists. Come up with a new angle. We should have had this story a lot earlier. It happened in March, and we really wanted to tell it. We kept putting it off just because we really wanted to tell it and not bury it. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, before this season, independently decided to pay their minor league players more money. The whole definition of minor league baseball is minor league players don't make much money as they try to play their way through all the levels of the farm system for years to make the majors, and unfortunately, not many make it. So that's the classic definition of minor league baseball. You know it while you're watching it. But living in squalor wasn't part of the mainstream dictionary definition until recently, and actually, it's still probably not mainstream. 
reports have some minor league baseball players making $1,100 a month, which amounts to $5,500 a year because the players aren't paid during the offseason or even spring training. Spring training is free. It can be difficult to afford rent under those circumstances. They're often not housed by the team. And it, it can be difficult to even afford equipment to play, even at the AAA level. The highest level of the minors, per Sports Illustrated, Stephanie Epstein or Epstein. We apologize for the mispronunciation. We're sorry if we ruined your birthday. Uh, we do that. Uh, she said a lot of players at AAA are making two or three thousand dollars a month. Again, only from April through the first couple of days of September. Now compare that to minor league hockey. Now we have to mention here the NHL's minor leagues are set up differently. NHL teams draw mostly from one top farm team in the American Hockey League, or AHL. NHL teams generally do have a few, a handful of minor league affiliates, but not five or six like baseball teams. So it's a much smaller farm system. Reports vary, but AHL players, who are only paid during the season, make at least in the area of $47,000 a year. Again, AHL teams are kind of the entire farm system in one place, but compare AAA hockey players at least $47,000 a year to AAA baseball players at best $18,000 a year. While Major League Baseball has seemed to work hard to suppress minor league salaries at the same time that profits are soaring, the Blue Jays opted to give their minor leaguers a 50% raise. They're the only team so far that has been known to do so. Nice job. And don't, it's easy to do, but don't mold this into one big argument that minor league baseball players want to be rich whether they make it or not. We're spoiled athletes. Even if we're unsuccessful, we want to be rich and retire at 26. That's not what's going on. Due to the amount they're paid compared to the number of hours they work, some calculations have minor league baseballers making less than minimum wage. <laughs> 